You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hello and welcome to episode 88 of the Managemental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mowry. What up, what up? I always like it when a number of, epi- of the episode speaks to me. 88, I always think of 1988, that's the year I found punk rock and hardcore, which is the reason that I do what I'm fortunate enough to do for a living, which includes doing this podcast with you. So if you haven't, if you were born after the year 88, that's totally fine. I was born well before it, but that was my year of discovering all this stuff. And as much as sometimes it looks like a uh, a torture rack, it really is something that's amazing. And and it's because of people like you, Blasco, that I get to go see, like I did just the other day in Denver. I had a blast doing that, and we get to record this podcast despite uh, our crazy schedules. Hell yeah. In the last episode, we chatted about getting discovered in the digital era. That was a really great episode, so check it out if you haven't already. And it just so happens, Mike, that the article was inspired by uh, a guy named Jeremy Young, who actually wrote us and said, someone sent me this episode to me, and I just listened through the whole thing. You guys are great, and thanks for not ripping my article to shreds. I was worried at first y'all were going to take the opportunity to tell me how wrong I am. Why do I always assume people want to trash everyone else? But it was nice to hear you guys riffing on these points and adding a deeper personal level to some of them, because as you rightfully recognize, this was a very personal article. So cheers to us from Jeremy. So that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. I've gotten a couple of, you know, bits of feedback in the places where people give feedback, Instagram, Facebook Messenger. A lot of people DMing us telling me that, you know, uh, they're digging in, doing a deep dive on the show and really loving everything that we have to say. So it's cool, man. It's nice that, that we're able to do this each and every week. And it's nice that, yeah, people are, are paying attention. I dig no it. No doubt. Today's episode is sponsored by our buddies at rockabilia.com. Go check them out for the awesomest collection of officially licensed band merch on the planet. Use our code PCJabberJaw and get 15% off your entire order. Oh yeah, dude, I bought this sick shirt the other day. It was an Ozzy Osbourne shirt and I bought it (laughs) live at the show. (laughs) Because <laughs> I was freaking inspired by uh, seeing you guys play. It was fun. Had I not gotten that shirt and I and I left, and I was on the fence, you know? I was like, do I buy a shirt here? Do I not? You know, I, I have a little bit of that, like, instead of impulse buying, I have, like, the impulse talking myself out of buying something that I want. Um, 
And had I not, I think I would have wanted to, to, to figure something out. Had I not gotten it, I would have wanted to figure something out to get myself something to commemorate that. And I would have gone to rockabilia.com. I mean, they've got just so many items. I think we keep saying it's over 500,000 plus. They've got all the genres. Uh, you know, it's it's October, it's Halloween season. I'm in the middle of this amazing Ice Nine Kills album release, which by the time this comes out, you know, uh, this episode drops, that record will have come out. You know, uh, Rockabilia has so much horror-themed stuff. So head on over, tell them Blasco and Mike sent you. Use that discount code, uh, PCJabberJow, for 15% off. Today's episode is also sponsored by the cool kids over at Banzoogle.com, where you can build a stunning website for your music in minutes. Try it free for 30 days, and be sure to use the promo code MENTAL to get 15% off the first year of your subscription. Hell yeah, Banzoogle's been great to us. If you guys are looking for website solutions or even just curious, you know, we've talked in some episodes about the importance of having a hub. Banzoogle does a really good job of that for uh, plenty of artists. It allows you to pull many of your socials, your Bandcamp feeds, so many other things. They're adding tools on the regular. And like we say, man, it's great. They support us as a show. And therefore, we encourage you, if you're looking for some of these solutions, to support them. Head over to Banzoogle.com. Use that code MENTAL for 15% off. This week, we answer some questions from you, our loyal listeners. This is going to be killer, so let's get mental. Hell yeah. Uh, So, Mike, um, we've got a bunch here, so let's dig in. Um, The first one comes from our loyal listener, Robbie. says, it might benefit from an episode going over who the players are in a local show. For example, the promoter, the venue, etc. What they do and what the best practices are. So, in you know, briefly, we can go over this, Mike. I mean, if you're if you're you know if you're a smaller band, you're a developing band. It's a, it's a, a he's specifically asking about a local show. Who are some of the key players that you know we got to someone's got to get a hold of to make it happen? Yeah, totally. And um, you know, it's it's pretty funny. Um, Ray Harkins from 100 Words or Less just launched a, a new episode of, of a new show he's developing called Be Specific. Uh, you can head over to our website, jabberjobmedia.com and go to the 100 Words um, you know, podcast and, and hear his first episode, which is with Shane Told from Silverstein. And they talk about the specifics of you know some of the finances of being in a band. It's a really cool episode. I encourage you to check it out. But one of the things Shane says is, Hey, a lot of people ask me now what it's like to be a developing artist. And he's like, I have no clue. You know, I was a developing artist in the year 2000 or, you know, 2001. And so now, I mean, yes, a lot of the same principles apply, but I guess the reason that I'm bringing that up is I'm sitting here and I think my best advice is going to be from a place that might not be as absolutely relevant as it once was because I'm not doing a ton of local stuff anymore. that said, I think most of the players have remained the same. And, and you know, you talk about who are they? Uh, you know, the promoter for sure, first and foremost. But one thing people need to understand is the promoter and the venue are not always the exact same person. So if you go to a club, uh, they may have an in-house booker, which is typically the same as the promoter. 
person who's booking the bands into the venue, but it could be that there's a third party person who promotes and they might promote in just that venue, but they might promote in a ton of other venues. They're renting out any given, the, the given venue on any, any night. So I think that's the first distinction that I would make. Do you have any comments on that part? No, that's all right. And and I think someone listening would be like, okay, that's cool. I understand that those people exist, but how do I get, how do I talk to them? How do I get a hold of them? How do I, how do I book a gig? Um, uh, sometimes it works just to cold call. Sometimes it might work just to show up to the venue and just ask, um, or, 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 you know, bands that you're friends with. Like, even if you're not friends with someone, like if there's a local show and they get off stage, just roll up on them and go, Hey man, like, I'm in a band too. And like, how did you get this gig? And you know I mean? Like, like as we've often covered, you know, people like sharing information. Um, so, uh, I think that's a good way to potentially get a hold of these people to, you know, try and book yourself a gig. Yeah. I mean, it might be as simple as asking another artist who's played there, of course. And even if you don't know them personally, you might be able to sniff around and see who's played, you know, for a, a local promoter. A lot of times what you'll see on ad mats, whether they be, you know, physically printed things or just in the digital space at the top of it, it might say such and such presents. And so let's say when Outer Loop had a promotion company, we might've had something that said Outer Loop presents. And we did a lot of stuff at venues in the Richmond, um, you know, Northern Virginia and Baltimore area. And so you could tell there's a, there's a club that, well, there used to be a club in Baltimore called Sonar. And we did, you know, a big festival called Ice Jam. And so it would say Outer Loop Presents and then Ice Jam. And though, even though it was at Sonar and Sonar had their own in-house people who would book, but they're typically not, you know, you got to understand that a lot of those people, and it isn't a blanket statement, but it does usually ring true. You know, the venue's in it to make money. You know, they might have some uh, inkling of care for the artist, but typically the in-house bookers, they want to figure out the best way to get the most people in who are going to buy the most alcohol at the highest ticket price and make some freaking money. But that said, there are nights that they know that, you know, us promoting certain things, um, you know, coming in again, that's that rental situation. So look for some of those things. When we were doing things under outer loop presents, we had our own, you know, Facebook page, we had our own contact information. That's how you would get in touch with us. So those are some of the little nuances to, to look for. For sure. Um, the next one comes from our loyal listener, Jamie. Uh, it goes like this. I'm writing you because I heard the part about physical promotion in your recent managemental podcast episode and how you guys ask for feedback from a younger crowd on their opinions. I'm only 21, so I've only dealt in the age of digital promotion. However, I see some serious benefits with physical promotion. These benefits aren't necessarily for growing a larger fan base, but rather a stronger fan base. When it comes to getting the word out, digital seems to be the only way people really hear about things. But I think physical components are a key way to make fans feel more involved than they can on a digital platform, even with simple things like printing a handful of posters for a gig and giving them out for a dollar or free at the show. 
One thing I've consistently seen with show flyers like that is that when they are available, they go fast and everyone who gets one tends to remember the gig better and feel more like they were a part of it personally. You guys also mentioned handwritten notes to go along with merch orders. I think that is a super easy and free thing to do to create a much more personal relationship between you and your fans. Those fans will be special and will be repeat customers at your shows and online stores and help you out with gas money to get on tour to expand that fan base. If you do this consistently, everyone will remember your band as a genuine group of guys and talk about you more. That's just my thoughts based on my limited experience. So, Mike, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, that's really cool. And she touches on two different things, but both are tied together from the physical component to them. You know, the promotion aspect, I like that she's almost saying that for her and her experience, it, it, even, it might not have brought her to the show. But having something physical that she got at the show allows her to walk away with a tangible physical memory, right? So it really is. We talk a lot about the engagement factor and making that connection with the fans and having that connection be genuine. And I think both of the instances that she talks about in that poster sense or handbill sense and in the case of a personalized you know, uh, letter in a merch um, order – I think those are amazing ways to foster that real connection uh, between your fan base, no matter how big or small, um, and you know, and your 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 band. Yeah, I think what's cool about this is someone here who's 21 years old who really, as admittedly, they've only ever existed in the digital age of promotions. That they're combining the two of a smart way to use physical promotion in conjunction with digital promotion. So that's what I like mostly about, you know, what they're saying here. Um, uh, and to further that, uh, another one from our loyal listener, Julia, uh, it goes like this with regard to physical promotion tactics, I co-created a physical flyer concept with a team about a year and a half ago, and it has yielded killer results for us. What we do is come up with a theme and title for a show and then organize a photo shoot just for the flyer. Thus far, we have integrated band members into the shoots as well as models. We have utilized local cosplayers to collaborate, which has expanded our reach into their scene as well. I have a route of coffee houses, tattoo shops, clothing boutiques, vape shops, etc. that all display physical flyers for us. We, of course, do boosted posts digitally and share from everyone's socials. I try to get some behind-the-scenes footage of every photo shoot and then blog about it, as well as post on my personal and business pages. So, Mike, what do you think about that? Wow. I think that's freaking fantastic. I mean, that's really this type of stuff that that is using the existing you know, things that we talk about and really expanding it in their own personalized manner. You know, the things that make sense, who to collaborate with, creative ways to bring them into the imagery. I think this gets, you know, a gold star <laughs> at the very least. What about you? Yeah, no, absolutely. In that it's easy for all of us to sit on the couch you know, with, with adult swim on in the background and blast out, you know, some flyers on our Instagram. But what we've, what we consistently talk about on the podcast is that 
how are you going to go the extra mile? How are you going to develop your own style that's going to resonate with the fan base? Just doing what everybody else does is only going to get you so far. But I like what they're saying here and that they're putting the effort. They're getting off the couch. They have a systematic route of where they're dropping physical flyers to, as well as they're developing a backstory to creating the flyer, which is so next level to me because obviously that's something that their fan base really uh, you know, recognizes as, as a cool, deep dive into this band. So I think this is great. A gold star from me as well on this one. Um, yeah. I dig it. I mean, again, anything that you can do to, uh, you know, creatively engage. And I think that the real takeaway here is, and hearing you say, you know, reiterating that they were doing the behind the scenes is like, if you can share your process, not necessarily, it doesn't have to be as it's happening that you share it, which there's plenty of tools to do that. Your Instagram lives, Facebook lives, your Snapchats, you know, I'm sure there's more that I don't even know about, but it's, it's actually capturing the stuff in the behind the scene. We do this for videos all the time, you know, and then you can use that professionally created content to roll it out as part of your strategy. I mean, uh, this gets, yeah, the gold star is uh, now sort of shining even a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we polished <laughs> it up. Um, the last one we got from our loyal listener, Scott, and he writes, something that I know I would find very helpful as I'm sure other listeners would as well would be if you and Mike could dive into some of the tools available online to maximize the impact of social media marketing. I've been studying metrics on the website Next Big Sound, and I was wondering if there are other resources similar to or better better than this that you guys can recommend so that bands such as my own are working smarter and not harder. My goodness. Uh, you know, I haven't dug into much of this recently. I don't know if you have Blasco, but it has not been high on my priority list over the past couple months. I will say, uh, and I'm trying to look it up now, I think it's Social Media Examiner was a website that I really um, was paying attention to. They have a podcast. They talk about a lot of different stuff. Um, I know that there are tons and tons of tools. I just haven't vetted many of them personally. What what about yourself? Well, I mean, look, it's a broad stroke question, but an easy answer to this is that everybody is different. Every artist is different and every consumer is different. You know, a platform like SoundCloud may work better for someone than it will work for them on say Bandcamp or say Instagram versus Facebook or, you know, whatever. I think, I think it's a matter of experimentation. It's also a matter of understanding your own music and therefore understanding your own fan base. Um, but, you know, Google is your friend and Googling, like, let's just say that, you know, Instagram is your favorite. It's good to Google like Instagram best practices for bands. And, and it's a lot of it is trial and error. You know, uh, not everything works the same for every, every band, you know, everybody, but, um, you know, things like, like video gets a better engagement than say a photo, but it's also best to post a photo of something happening versus a, a graphic or an image, right? Like those will get a lower engagement. And, you know, the struggle here really with social media marketing in general is that 
quite often given the platform, you're really struggling with their algorithm and their algorithm reduces the amount of people that are going to see it. So you really have to hack the algorithm and go with the best practices for what works for that particular platform. Um, so I, I think maybe what a smart way to do is find find what your favorite platform is. Maybe just pick one just to just to focus on. And if you feel like you're comfortable with that platform, check out what some of the best practices are. Look at what successful people are doing on that platform. See what they're doing. Try and emulate that or replicate that in a way to where it works for you. Um, and that, and that would be my best suggestion, because like I said, this is a real broad stroke question and, and not, and not one answer is going to work the same for everyone. But I, I figure my best suggestion here is to pick the one platform that you feel most comfortable with and really dive deep into that and, and then spiral outward from there. Once you start to pick up some traction on that one place. Yeah. And, and just looking through my phone, you know, um, I, I recognize, I knew I saw it somewhere. So CD baby has a great podcast called the DIY musician podcast. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes, but you know, episode two sixteen, which is from September 20th, it's marketing music with Instagram and Instagram stories. So what I like about that is it's going to come from people who have experience in the music space. That said, you know, I would encourage you to find things like the social media, um, uh, marketing. So social media marketing from social media, uh, examiner, uh, it's with Michael Stelzner and that's a great podcast as well. That's going to be a much broader stroke. So whether you start with the broad stroke, which I would most likely do, and then go to the, the more specific stroke. And like Blasco said, there's going to be you know, something out there for each and every platform. And there might even be something on the broad level that tells you, look, for musicians, uh, this platform, you know, uh, gets the most results. So then you go in and hone that and kind of become an expert. So the tools are out there. I understand, you know, part of what Lasco and I are able to do as experts in this field is, is help you cut to the chase. I think what we're saying, you know, is look, we typically hire or have people in house that do a lot of this stuff for us. And so in your exploration, uh, you know, we're giving you the, the encouragement to go out and do some research on your own. Cause I'm going to bet if you do that and you really, you know, navigate your way through it, you might, you know, like Blasco said, you're going to go through a process of trial and error, but when you do start to see the results, it's going to mean a hell of a lot more to you. Hell yeah. Uh, well, kids, that concludes episode 88. Um, I'd just like to say, you know, keep writing in with your questions. Every so often we get a chance to um, dig in to them like this episode. And so keep them coming because that helps us drive the show into the direction that we know the types of things that you're looking for us to dig into. Um, so uh, thanks for tuning in and we will be back here next week. Uh, in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have for the podcast to me, Blasco, directly at askblasco at gmail.com. 
If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, any final parting thoughts? Just want to say, you know, I started off this uh, episode with talking about the great year of 1988 and so much of the hardcore uh, that came from it. So, you know, if you get the chance, do a little Googling, do a little exploration, go discover some of those bands if that's what's, uh, you know, uh, of interest to you. Uh, other than that, you know, support the people who support us on the podcast. In the next case, it's rockabilia.com with our code PC Jabberjaw for 15% off, um, as well as band Zoogle with code Mental for 15% off. Uh, if you're looking to take a deeper dive into your own career, Outer Loop Coaching is the place to be. We have uh, some great tools there and some some products that you can purchase um, that I think will shed some light onto some of the common themes that we've identified amongst artists uh, who are developing in this crazy thing we call the music biz. Uh, Other than that, just want to say Blasco, great to see you this past week. Uh, Keep on trucking. Looking forward to connecting when we're both uh, in the same place for more than a day at a time. Yeah, man. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Peace. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or nothing more than a one hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.